The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 52 of the MX Vice Show podcast. It's good to be back. We've been away for a few weeks. I'm James Burfield of Even Strokes. On the line is Lewis Phillips, editor of MX Vice. And in the studio is Rob from Jukebox Beats. This is a COVID-infused show as I'm currently in lockdown. And when you listen to Lewis, I'm pretty sure that he has uh, covid the show's brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Flux Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, Talon Engineering, Lemsip, and Neurofen. So uh, good to have those new sponsors on board. They've been fueling us for the last couple of weeks. Apologies for being away, but uh, we're I'm currently in lockdown, as I mentioned. Uh, the whole family uh, is in lockdown. The wife has COVID. Uh, Lewis, we're just trying to work out whether you have COVID or not. I'm fine. I'm all right. Good thing is, the big difference is that whilst you didn't do a show when you were ill, I'm here and powering through. Yeah. I, I One day, I wish for one day I could just walk in your shoes. Well, they're big shoes to fill, so good luck with that. I bet they are. Um, so apart from COVID, how is the world of motocross? It's terrible. Really it's terrible. Yeah. We're going to oh. take more than two paracetamols to fix? It's just, there's nothing going on. There's no races. The GPs are 107 days away, so it's like it's way too early to start talking about what's going to happen with that. I am very excited for Supercross now, though. It's what, um, it's actually a month away exactly. Well, 16th of December. I think it starts 16th of January, so... It's actually quite close now, but I am I am like fully at the point where I am excited for Supercross. Like it's basically all I'm thinking about is like what will happen, what's this, what's going to happen with this, what's going to happen with this, what's going to happen with this. So yeah, Supercross. That's good. I know the people out there are going to probably uh, be asking themselves daily, "How is Lewis getting to Supercross?" Well, it's not looking good. I can't lie. Okay, have you not thought about the Mexican tunnels? I'm still thinking about Mexico, but. The problem is, it, um, it, the US Border Force website says that going to Mexico is, technic- is allowed, like it does work, but getting into the country is still at the discretion of each individual agent. So I don't like the sound of that because like this year I had a right dickhead. So if I get him again, I, I'm just going to go and waste two weeks in Mexico only to be turned around. And I feel, you know me, if I feel like, during the two weeks in Mexico, I would be a nervous wreck because all I'd be thinking about is, will I get into America? Will I get into America? Will I get into America? So, I don't know. I'm hoping the borders are going to open. Now that there's a vaccine out and about, I'm hoping that the borders will open in the next month. 
you could like go to the original Chipotle, so you could have like a you know like a, a real burrito and, and stuff like that. So you, I think think of the pluses here. You could go to Mexico, get some sun. You know, you need a rest. Um, you can you can take COVID in with you. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of pluses here. Yeah, this we'll see. I haven't completely ruled the idea out, but the more I think about it, it's probably not the wisest of decisions. But there's a lot of tunnels going into. Um, I, I'm sure if you pay someone a thousand, you fly. It's fine. The land borders are closed, but you just fly from Mexico. The, the whole thing is, as it turns out, you just can't have been in England or Europe or whatever in the last 14 days. That's just a rule. It's not all British people are banned or all European people are banned. You just have to have been out of those countries for 14 days. So well, I think you've got the answer there. Well, it's up to each individual agent, and the agent this year didn't want to let me in, and I think was fine, so that scares me. Yeah, well, that was just a one-off. Uh, you, you have got that face where people want to punch you. So well, The guy this year, I had to show him my bank account to prove I had enough, issue, uh, enough issues, enough money to be there. <laughs> yeah, got plenty of issues. Well, because... Um, yeah. I don't know. Okay. The good so, news is you- I do have a... I've got a foolproof excuse now when I get to border control in America. I've got a foolproof reason for saying. Okay, talk us through your reason. I just go, I've got, oh, yeah, um, I'm here because I'm in support of Max Anstey. You can ring him if you like and he'll vouch for me. Done. Oh, wow. Yeah, literally. That's wow. quite good, isn't it? Just like foolproof. Rolling around big names. Well, he's got a green card as well, so like they'll listen to him. So I'm pretty, I like that. I like that. That makes me feel good. Well, there's other people you could call about Jason Thomas. Well, I didn't really think I was going to start listing American people, but yeah. I don't think it'll work with just any old American people, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I've got, uh, thanks to Sean Brennan of Feld Entertainment for already sorting me press passes for all of the races. That was much appreciated. So um, um, I've got some stuff dialed in. What a great guy. Yeah. Always, Feld have always been very uh, accepting and helpful with anything I've wanted or needed. So, yeah, I like Feld. Like they, they are genuinely great people. Wow, amazing! That's that's how it's done. Okay, so um, huge thank you as always to Fly Fly Racing's redefine expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. So speaking of helmets, do we, do we have a, a competition this week? Uh, yeah, I actually meant to tell you. I meant to tell you that before we started recording. But yeah, we'll, we've got a Formula Helmet to give away again uh, this week. Nice mm. Christmas present. Well, I'm just saying, I still need a helmet. So... When's the last time you rode now? Uh, probably September. Yeah, riding's overrated. Well, there's just COVID. You know, that's that's all it is, COVID. And now weather, like if you've looked at today, is Midsummer Norton is uh, 100% rain at the moment, all day, not even a break. Oh, it's actually quite good weather here. Yeah, nice for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And definitely in the wettest part of, of the UK at the moment, it's just not stopped. So there we go. Good farming then. Good farming. So not a lot happening. However, no, it really isn't. With the most talked about thing at the moment is is uh, GURPS. There seems to be a lot of lot of stuff going on with him swap, swapping to a ninety three. He's out of his camper now. Uh, lots of good things happening. Uh, yeah, I'd more I'd more talk about the Hossa Yamaha team myself. That's where I thought you were going. No, oh, no, I was gonna I was gonna wait for that one, but uh, I know that uh, we've been uh, monitoring uh, GURPS Instagram and. Uh, it, it, have you got your Christmas present from me yet, or not? Uh, no, I can't be asked. I can't be asked for this charade. I'm too ill for this. Can we talk about Hoslet Yamaha? I'm too ill for this bullshit. Okay, yeah, let's just crack it. Okay, talk us through uh, Hosletter Yamaha, please. First of all, is it host Hostletter or Hossetler? I'm getting. I'm really struggling with like the pronunciation and saying it. Well, I thought it was. Um... It's, it's spelled host letter, but I didn't realise that there was a, that. I didn't realise that the first four letters were host. I thought it was hoss. I only learned that. I'd, I've actually written. I actually had it written down next to me for a week to remember that that's actually how it's spelled because I always thought it was the other way. We need um, to ask Christoph. Christoph will help us out on that. No, it's host letter, but uh, yeah, um, it's actually all quite interesting. I did. I had a decent little chat with Conus um, last week about the team and everything. And it's effectively sounds like what Wilvo was before they went factory. Now, I'm guessing, I'm guessing there won't be as much budget and stuff. And obviously, it's not to the same level as far as riders and all of that. But, um, yeah, it seems like quite a nifty little deal for him. Okay. What sort of resources do they have? Well, in what way? Like, every way. As in, um, they got bikes already, they... Are they all kind of set up in... Well, letter is for Yamaha distributor, isn't it? For in Switzerland and Germany. It is, and it's a huge, huge company. Yeah. They're the so guys behind IXS as well. Yeah, and apparently they're the ones handling the budgets for the team. Okay. So that kind of sounds good to me, but that doesn't sound like this is going to be a new team that's a disaster and has run out of money after three rounds and people are complaining. Like, that... That kind of made me go, oh, okay, because like, it's a, I don't know, is it not a bit weird for a company to be handling the budgets of the team? It's normally a person, isn't it? But Hossletter are obviously um, experienced in handling big budgets and all of that sort of stuff. So I don't know. It just, made, it just gave me confidence that it's not going to be another team that disappears after six months. No, definitely not. No. And in the end of the day, having that, ti- that, that name in the title is, is you know, we... <laughs> I think it'll be different to what we seen last year with when they sponsored, um, they were title sponsored the EMX2 team. I think it's going to be, you know, the one where Cyril Janot was riding in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the team called? I, it was just IXS Yamaha, wasn't it? No, um, I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it will be a lot different to that one. Um, I think, yeah, they'll be a little bit more in control uh, by the sound of it. Well, um, also, the big good thing is that Rene Ebert, Ebert, how do you actually say his last name as well? Ebert? Uh, well, usually he calls me a four-letter word, which begins with C. Yeah, I've never actually heard anyone say his full name. Anyway, uh, he's moved from Wilvo to the team as well, so he's doing all of the engines and stuff. So that, again, like he, like he is not, he is a 
in-demand person in the paddock. He can, I imagine if he wanted to, he could go to pretty much any team. So for him to go to the team as well kind of gives me the confidence that he obviously believes in what's going on over here. If you if you go you guys if you've been walking around a paddock, uh, Rene's easy to spot. He's uh, um, quite a tall tall guy, grey hair, um, and he was at CLS before he was at Wilvo. That really narrows it down. Tall guy, grey hair, brilliant. I'll um, I'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I can tell when you're ill because you're a dick. Well, no, just you you said he's easy to spot. He's a tall guy with grey hair, like. That's like saying I'm easy to spot. I'm a tall guy with blonde hair. Like that's not exactly a defining feature. Like if 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 Rene mugged you and the police asked for a description, tall guy with grey hair, they're probably going to be like, mate, we need more. True, true. Okay. Um, yeah. So it sounds real positive. Anyway, it sounds like they've got a, a good good base there um, to work from. Yeah. So Rene's doing the engines, which Tonus said saves them a lot of time because he already basically. They just start from where Tonus was in 2019 or whatever. Like, it's not a case of learning the bike, learning the staff. Like, the engine guy needs to learn the rider. The rider needs to learn the engine guy. Like, they all know how things should work. So, um, Tonus was really big on how that will be a massive advantage as far as uh, getting a head start on things. Also, Tonus has got um, factory support with suspension from KYB. So, again, that's a. That's an investment as well, I think. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if they'd be, maybe they're giving him those forks for free. Uh, each ride, different rider's got different deals, I know. Yeah, I think it, I wouldn't actually surprise me if he's got them for free, but like, I know um, the cost of, if you want to like, rent or lease or um, WP forks, it's not exactly cheap. So No, it's not because they, they're serviced and you, you have the technical uh, backup at every race. So you basically you have your own suspension person at every race. Yeah, so, again, that's another pro- uh, positive. I'm trying to talk to Guio. Actually, I say trying. I need to text him. I just keep forgetting to text him. But I'm interested to see if he has, if he'll have exactly the same um, support as Tonus as far as suspension and stuff goes. Like, if it's a team thing or just, a, obviously, Tonus is a star rider over there. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, I'm interested um, to see what the crack is with that. Another interesting thing is Tonus says he's still not 100% from the season. Really? Yeah, like obviously we know he basically went through the meat grinder. Um, but yeah, he said he's still working on improving his head after the concussion at Mantova, which would have been beginning of October. Wow. Which kind of made me raise my eyebrow as to how he raced in Trentino. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the interesting thing which I take away um, from this is uh, Hostletter are a Swiss company. It looks like they're investing um, in Swiss riders, which is really interesting to see. Well, it's the first time that I think that we've ever seen. Um, I mean, three of the four riders are Swiss, aren't they? Yeah, it's just um, uh, where I think it's Peter Polak. He's, he's from Czech, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, because they've got another young talent coming through, um, Swiss talent. I think EMX one two five or two fifty. However, I think that's pre- it's a pretty cool thing when um, a company gets behind. You know, they can see that you know Tonus and but let's face it, without this this team coming in, um, Tonus and, and Guillo were it would have been interesting to see where they would have been riding. Well, Tonus says that he had other options, but for the life of me, I can't figure out what those would have been. I can only think of Geben. 
Well, yeah, I guess. Or maybe, like, he. I guess maybe he could have gone to a team like Jackie Martins. But, like, um, in Trentino, when I interviewed him after the last race, he told me he had nothing. And that wasn't a lie. He genuinely had nothing. I think mm-hmm. the concept of this team was raised at that point. But he, it was definitely, like, not really far down the line. It actually seems like it's all come together really quickly. It only, he said that... Um, it basically all got finalised the week before it was announced. So, Wow. But yeah, um, last interesting thing Tonus said, uh, which leads into a nice little conversation, is that uh, Tonus said that... I Well, I said to Tonus that I think he rides better. I think when he comes into a season as an underdog and there's no expectations, he rides better. And that's the situation he'll be in next year. Yeah. And as I was saying this question, he was laughing and I was like, oh God, I've pissed him off. But he actually agreed with me. Really, he agreed that he actually rides better when he comes when there's less pressure and it, like he comes in under the radar. Which that phenomenal 2019 season that he had was exactly the same thing. He came into that year after having the previous year wrecked by a shoulder injury, and that, yeah, there was literally no no one was talking about him. Whereas, yeah. And then this year, everyone was. So yeah, no, it'll be um, it'll be interesting to to. To watch him, but not only him, but the the team as as a team evolves. Are they going to be based in Belgium? I have no idea. Oh, okay, I um, don't know whether they'd be based out of um, Hosletter in in <laughs> Switzerland, or whether they will be based in in Belgium. I'd imagine they'll be in Germany somewhere because Hosletter is German as well, isn't it? I, I I thought it was just just a Swiss company. Yeah, so did I. But then someone told me recently that they also are like Yamaha Germany. I think. Okay. Um, uh, speaking of his teammate, I was talking to Guillaume's agent the other day. Yeah, and he said that he said that they believe um, he can now get back to the guy who was um, challenging Hurlings and stuff. Really? Uh, I what, think so. What, what's the? What, was there any? Oh, like, as in, get back to his best? I guess not that specifically. Yeah. Again, I, you know, I think he probably would um, benefit from from having like you know someone in his corner giving him a, a an arm around the shoulder and in, in belief in in that type of thing. I think he would that would really help that type of rider. Well, I was imagine Guido isn't paying for this ride because he did have an other option, but he would have had to pay. And I don't, I know he, I know that didn't really sit well with him. So I'd imagine he this is actually a legitimate ride, and that in itself is a opportunity that would give someone or him like a bit of a boost you know yeah because i like i know he like he is a he is a good rider still he's had a rough couple of years and like he had the stomach virus this year but his end of season like in trentino now his results were much improved it just is like again you can argue that to death like was it because of the weaker field though blah 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 but yeah um yeah, I think we are right, to be fair. It's a decent team. It's a decent team. Yeah. Um, what's going on with Horgman? Um, he's going to EMX 250, which is a bit of a a bit of a bummer. But Real bummer. But like, what, what else can you do? It's, it's definitely the best option. Like With SM Actions, he's with a good team, and he's going to be on a good bike. But obviously, that's not where he would ideally want to be. But I'm quite excited about the whole the 
um, potential of Hawkmo versus Sado for the EMX 250 title. That could actually be quite good. It's uh, with with Sado and Horogmo in that class. Other people have got to be thinking, Jesus, it's not a it, you know, that that's a very competitive uh, front two. Even they do perform front two. I mean, we've seen this in previous years that um, riders who we think are going to do very very well. You know, sometimes there's a young up and comer which um, you know has a momentum and, and's done well over the winter break. It will be a good indication as well of. Like, if there's an EMX 250 rider that's battling with Horgamo and battling with Sado, then you know that they are capable of doing something in MX2. Like, so there, you can now, you, it, will, it will help you make direct comparisons. Yeah. No, good point. That'd be that, that's another interesting thing to watch, uh, EMX 250, because you're quite right. If, if they, those guys can dice it out with, um, with those two, then, then they're ready for MX2. It's a real shame to see him um, drop down, but I can, you know, if it rides a ride at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, there was. I heard there was a chance he was going to run his own program in MX2. Yeah. Like, when you look at it, what's better, SM action in EMX250 or trying to piece together your own thing in MX2? Like, it doesn't, it makes sense. Is there options what's for that? MX2 race? Well, well, you'd think so. They're going to be like, the team will be at every GP. So you'd think that on the off weekends, he'll do, he'll get in there. I can't think why not. Yeah, that'd be cool if that could happen. Well, there's only one issue with it. The issue is, Horkamo's already 20. So if my maths is correct as far as, like, he was born in September, like, if I've actually worked out the birth date and the 23 rule correctly, um, if he goes back to MX2 in 2022, he's only then got 2022 and 2023 in MX2. So that isn't long. That's the only worrying thing here obviously if, if he was still 17 then it would be like whatever like spend a year in emx 250 and then do five in mx2 but he's not exactly well time is on his side but he's not exactly flush like got endless amounts of time to play with no no but he is a talent no i, I rate him i do think he's underrated and he's quite good and he's obviously his vlogs and that are quite big so he's got a fan base like this is the thing, though. Um, so SM Action are running uh, Alberto Ferrato and Andrea Adamo in um, MX2. I would argue to the death that Hawkmo is a better choice for MX2 than Adamo. But Absolutely. Adamo's been with that team. So it kind of speaks to the benefit of... Um, it speaks to the benefit of sticking with one program, building a relationship and kind of where that can lead you as opposed to, and it's not Hawkeye's fault. He just ended up in a bit of a bad situation this year. But when you bounce from team to team, like it's almost natural that SM action would look after Adamo because he's their guy. But I'd guarantee if they were pushed, they would admit that Hawkeye may be a better choice. So. Well, it'd be interesting if, um, if and when they're both racing together in MX2, in Horgma outperforms Adamo. That's going to be the telltale. Yeah, well, I, I would almost feel like it's a foregone conclusion how that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Adam, Adamo's in, you know, has improved since his 150 days. If people didn't know, he did win the EMX 150 championship. And I always remember that because we had some uh, very interesting um, conversations with him or lack of conversations with him because his English wasn't great. 
what was it? He um he uh he obviously got told what to say, like because the one fifty rider used to sit in a press con- like do the press conference, and he obviously got told what to say in English, like very basic, and um what say like Germany was the week before Portugal in the press conference he said like see you in a grader and everyone was like okay yeah see you in a grader and then at the next press conference he again said see you in a grader and it's like okay brilliant so actually you're just that's just a general vibe <laughs> that you're trying it. <laughs> yeah good times um little things that like I put a smile on my face um no it's 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 been a I've been trying to like look, look look at stuff from the sidelines in uh it's good to see Guillo and, and Tona's finding a home, and it's good to see Horgmo finding finding a home. You know, wish him the best of luck in uh, 2021, and hope it works out for for, the, for them all. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see both of their um, career progressions. See if Tonus can, as you say, bounce back um, in trying to regain some 2019 form. But the concussion is something that just takes time. I mean, I've heard from a lot of riders that that's the biggest thing. It's just time. Basically, the situation that we're in now is we're waiting for Monticelli to be announced to Kawasaki and whatever this beta program is going to be, what that to be announced. Those are basically the two things left to come now. Um, okay, and what's, what riders are mooted for beta? Well, what word did you say there? A mooted? Mooted. Not a mooted, mooted. Oh, I've never heard that used before in my life. Um, well, there was a Van Horbick rumour going around. But all I know is that Van Horbeek demands a certain amount of money and a certain level of program. Now, would it surprise me to see Van Horbeek, if Beta have the money, I have no idea about Beta. Maybe they have money. I don't know. If Beta can chuck cash at him, I could see him doing one or two years on a Beta to finish out his career, almost similar to what Coppins did on an Aprilia. But in speaking, I've spoken to a few people about it this week, and I I can't see that happening. I know, obviously, like I said, I know Beta, um, I know Beta approached a rider like a month ago, and that rider wasn't a highly paid rider. So at that point, they weren't going for big bucks riders. So that makes me think it can't. It was just a random. It didn't even come from anywhere good. It was just a random rumor that was going around. Yeah. I don't know. Who know. Who knows? At this point, will it even happen? Like we're in, you'd thought you'd think you'd have thought, sorry, that something would have come out by now. But SDM did well. I know for a fact that SDM Beta approached a rider for twenty for MXGP twenty twenty one. That's fact. I know. For a, I spoke to the rider. The team went to him and said, "We're Beta team. Let's do you want to race in twenty twenty one?" And SDM have posted on social thanking Yamaha for their partnership. So that indicates that this is going to happen. So yeah. I don't know. I guess it. I guess just wait and see. Maybe it's a January the first thing. Like I presume the reason Monticelli hasn't been announced yet is because it's a, it's a just a, going to be a January the first thing. Monticelli has got that ride, by the way, people. I feel like some people are still questioning whether it's actually him. I believe I've been told that he has been seen riding a bike in Belgium at like normal practice tracks. So there we go. Um, one of the things which is going to be different to previous years is we're starting later. So people... Oh, don't remind me. So, so, but in, in, in those terms, it's like the, the teams have gained an extra two months, eight weeks. So they can have late announcements. They can 
work a little bit later in the calendar. They still have time. Yeah, but with, does it really make like the Italian Championship kicks off on February the 21st or something? So when you look at it like that, that's not that far away. I mean, again, it's still a month later, I guess, because the Italian Championship would kick off January, last weekend in January. So I guess it is still a month later, the same as GPs, but still, that seems closer than Oman does. Yeah, sure. I, I just think that... Should I go to um, the Italian, if I'm not in America, do I go to the Italian Championship? Uh, could do. Why not? I, I just wonder, I'm not sure I'd fit in at the Italian Championship. Why not? Well, it'll be cold. And in January, I'm not so used to the cold. I'm used to California weather. It would be funny. It would be really funny if I'm you did end up I'm not going to lie. Being... Not to bum everyone out, but I keep thinking about, like, I remember exactly what I was doing on December the 28th last year, and the thought of me not doing that makes me want to cry. Do you want to cry on air? Well, like, it's not even, like, people, like, what was I doing on December the 28th? I was sat in a hotel room at the Best Western, absolutely working my ass off because I was like, got a, Anaheim one's coming, make it amazing, make it amazing. And I'm like, oh, I just want that. I just want that badly. And the problem is, one of our biggest problems is if I'm not in America, we're going to be doing this podcast, which means I'm going to be talking to you about Supercross. (laughs) And if you think your MXGP knowledge is bad... Oh, it's like the gift that keeps giving. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's just many problems. Yeah. And on that note, thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko York, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 52 of the MX Vice Show podcast. 
Brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. I really, um, I really hope that people understand the, what is on offer there. Like, Lomo is not that far away, first of all, and what you could potentially get from Technical Touch with suspension for your bike, you average Joe rider, is actually really very cool. Really cool. Like, I, I don't know, I like, I don't know, I feel like it's almost unbelievable so that people are probably like, well, is it really that, like, really? No? It's like, oh, yeah. Well, the, the, the fact that someone's going to watch you, they're going to see how you work on your bike and set up the suspension for you, and that's basically factory suspension, the same as the MXGP riders. It is basically exactly what Tonus kit will get. Like, it's not that different. No, no, it's not. It, it, the, the setup will be pretty much the same. It's basically the A-kit stuff. Um, and it's, it's, it's not as... It's, it is... It is uh, a lot of money, but it's not crazy money. So if it's something that you're, you you want to invest in, then um, yeah, what an opportunity to to basically take your bike, go out there, ride, get it set up, have all that expert knowledge um, to help you with your riding. Fantastic. So uh, are we going to do this game? Yeah, might as well. If you remember the last time we did it, um, I gave you ridiculously easy questions and I feel everyone was quite disappointed including you i remember you weren't really you didn't really feel like you earned a win so we're back to fairly difficult this week well if there was ever a time to give me easy questions it probably would have been this week um as i've been in the gutter for about the past two weeks so uh but it's great let's let's go with the hard questions well to be fair um it's um probably a good time for you because i'm not really in the mind frame to laugh at you so Oh, cool. That's good. Um, if I, I don't know if I alluded to it earlier, but we haven't had a show for the last two weeks, literally because um, I've had uh, the flu, what feels like for a month. And um, yeah, we, we're currently in lockdown because my wife has coronavirus. I've had so many corona tests, uh, COVID tests. So, um, but I'm negative. So that's quite good. All right, well, um, yeah, it's time for Are You Smarter Than a Birth, which uh, is presented by Even Strokes. Even Strokes is an online shop with a range of offers on Talon, Fox, Yoko Prox, and more. Uh, be sure to visit www.evenstrokes.com for deals on products. I believe there's uh, Boxing Day sales and stuff like that going on fairly soon. So, yeah, always a good bargain on there. And most importantly, that company leads to this game, which is the best part of this podcast. So, swings and roundabouts. 
this is a good first question, I felt. Uh, first question. Yep. Uh, let's see how much you've been paying attention to life lately. Uh, Not a lot. Is Petr Petrov riding for in 2021? <laughs> <laughs> what? It was it, he posted on his social media. It was on MX Vice. It, it was around. It went. It was news that went out as as would any other news. So it's not like some big secret that only I know. It was announced. Jesus. Um, Asimoto? <laughs> yes, not even, MX2 team. Not even a clue. I have you no idea. You didn't even guess a team in the right class. No, no. Yeah, that's what I was going with. It maybe wanted him back. Um, <laughs> You well, amazingly, you actually had to, the right uh, manufacturer, uh, KMP Honda Racing. Oh wow! So he's um, so is that is it MXGP or is he just yeah based- doing European GPs, which just, is a step up for that, that team. That's huge, yeah. For them to commit to to the Europeans, that's that's big. Yeah, I don't know if that I don't know if that comes from like. Uh, personal sponsors that Petrov brings, so like that made it easier. I don't know, but normally KMP just flirt with like two or three. So. Yeah. Question two: uh, One New Zealander has won a overall in the MX2 class. Name that rider in the MX2 class. Yep. So since two thousand and four, only one New Zealander has won an overall in the MX2 class. Name that rider. Ben Tanley. That's correct. Yes. Actually, don't um, Speaking of New Zealand and KMP, any news on Josiah Natsky? What's happened to him? You say that randomly. Uh, we have a question about that in a, the Liat Ask Vice Anything segment later. So, oh, okay. So, uh, great minds out there. Someone else thinking, what the hell's happened? Uh, yeah. So, uh, question three. Um, name the rider who finished on the Premier Class podium for the first time this year. Name the rider who yeah. finished on the Premier Class, that's MXGP, podium for the first time this year. Oh, bollocks. Um, oh, that'd be easy. Prado. Oh, I didn't think you were going to get that. I didn't think you were going to get that. It is easy, but I thought you'd overthink it. Yeah, you sneaky bastard. Okay, moving on. Okay. Uh, who had more Premier Class, uh, well, MX1 at this point, overall wins? Christoph or Sebastian Porcel? Oh, I'm going Seb. Oh, I, swear. I feel like you knew that I wouldn't, I, I feel like you knew I wouldn't have put that question in if it was Christoph, because it well, was too obvious. You know I'm a big fan of Christoph Porcel, so... I did, but... Yeah, I... I yeah, big fan. So um, I know that uh, Seb had, had did have more wins in MXGP. Cool. You're on, actually doing quite well, to be fair. But not in MX2. You're doing quite well. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Seb had four uh, MX1 wins. Christoph had two. Um, final question. Max Nagel won nine GPs in his career. Name the bikes that he won on. Oh, KTM. Correct. Honda. Correct. And fuck. Well, um, I didn't say how many there were, so you like 
Oh, okay. Um, that's the only two I know of. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Uh, that's wrong. You missed Husqvarna. Damn it. Well, to tell you the truth, I would have said Yamaha, but... Well, that would have been very wrong because he's never ridden the Yamaha in GPs, so... Well, I didn't know, so that had been um, that had been a pure guess, but I definitely remember Honda in um, KTM. Maybe I need to make these questions harder next week. No, I think that was that was good good level. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't well, know. Maybe I'll come out next week with like an algebra equation or something. Why don't you put those questions on MX Vice and see how many people get them? Because. Everyone who even follows MX Fives knows the answer to those questions. It's more just like the the game has been um, the level has been dropped down to cater to you. <laughs> you're such a dick. Even when you're ill, you're a dick. Um, speaking of, there is a there is someone who would like to step into your seat the next time you are unavailable. Oh, that could be speak. Huh? That could be next week. Why? Why would you be unavailable next week? Because let's try out somebody. That'd be good. No, no, I don't think this person would be up for doing it next week. But um, I'm interested to play this game with that person. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually told you who it is. Do you have any idea? No, but this is exciting. I don't know whether to say it because it's not really like I, I don't know if it's a complete. Done deal. Well, I think it is. I said that's a deal, so. This is awesome. This is great news. No, just basically what happened is Tommy Sell asked why there hadn't been a podcast, basically, and I said you. And he said, um, I'll do some with you. You need someone else. So. There we go. So he'll be, I guess he'll, I, we might have him in for a couple, for like once a month or something. Or I don't know Let's what. Do that. I reckon we should definitely do that. Get him in for once a month. But yeah, um, I'm, look, I would quite enjoy playing this game with him with questions about his own career. I bet you enjoy playing a lot of games with him. Well, that's uncomfortable. But yeah, um, yeah. anyway. Well, uh, yeah, because truth be told, as James said, the reason for not having a show the last two weeks was solely because of him. I did try my very hardest to find a replacement and it just didn't go well. No. So. If we were in America, it'd be so easy because everyone speaks English and everyone's happen. Everyone kind of understands what podcasts are more. I guess I don't know. It's, it's just a struggle. It's a struggle. The, the other thing is, everyone we know um, in America already does a multitude of podcasts. So well, yeah, well, we can't have a, we can't get an American in anyway because we need a GP person. That's, I just yeah, think but, if, we in America, if this was America, there would be a load of people available and happy to do it. And yeah. comfortable doing it, but it's just not that way in Europe. We have many different languages, which I'll actually be talking about later on. Okay, cool. Um, so, next up is Liat Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Did you know that the Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know that is highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Remember, Liat can now cater to your needs with helmets, goggles, gear, and boots. Everything you need can be found at Liat. Buy a new 9.5 carbon helmet and get a free set of Liat goggles 
and helmet bag. So, Lewis. I've got to be honest. I'm absolutely dying. Are you? Yeah. So it could be me and Tommy Searle next week? No. You'd hate that, wouldn't you? That'd yeah. be your worst. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very... Um, I actually wouldn't listen because it would just piss me off. <laughs> it would be funny. It really would be funny. Um, right, okay, we've got some good questions this week. First off, from at little Chris Cam, is Hurlins the man to beat next season or do we think the likes of Geyser, Prado and others will take him on? I don't, I don't even like the people... By doing this podcast and essentially putting my opinion out there, people don't jump on me a lot, and I'm just scared to talk about this because, yes, Hurlins has missed the last couple of years with injury, and yes, but I do still think that going into 2021, he is the man to beat. I do. I, I think I do. I do. So, yeah. So even with the time off and everything, you still think oh, he's going to be number Is that like, that doesn't matter. He had a lot of time off last year when he came out this year and had a 60-point lead by round seven or whatever it was. There we go. You answered the question. I, I just don't know, I don't know how to argue it, to be honest. Like, when I say man to beat, does that mean that I think he'll absolutely wipe the floor of everyone? No, because also there's Prado. Like, Prado should be amazing. So, but I do think that Hurlins is still the guy that everyone on the line will look at and be like, right, I've got to beat that guy. I think Geyser will look at Hurlins and think, right, I need to beat that guy. Like, you know, which yeah. technically, by, by Dubai, it makes him the man to beat. And there we go. Um, but that doesn't mean that I hate Geyser, and that doesn't mean that I'm a dickhead, and that doesn't mean that I love Hurlins, and that doesn't mean that I'm mental. It, just call me wow. Jeff. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> at Phil White one nine two. I know Matley isn't on the calendar for next year, but as we all know, the calendar may be altered. What are the chances of Matley being added? Need to see if my awning is still in the camping uh, after Storm Dennis destroyed it. When I um, when I put this question in, the whole Storm thing confused the hell out of me because I genuinely forgot what actually happened at Matley this year. Really. Yeah, genuinely. I was like, I was like, wait, what? Like, I thought it was good weather. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it was um, Friday night was uh, spectacular. Um, any news from Steve Dixon and co? No, but I think Matterley always ends up, I don't know. I think, it will, I think it will happen, but then also I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't because of COVID and stuff. But there is still a TBA in October. and. It's surprised me if that is Matterley because what else would it be? There's no yeah. other country missing. So, yeah. I think it just is one of those things. We've been through this before. I think it will just random. I think it is just going to end up on there. Speaking of Steve Dixon, I have no idea when they're announcing their second MX2 rider. Have they even got one? Yeah. Who is I just, it? I, don't know. I, I just feel like it's never going to be announced. Who is it? Taylor Hamill. Ah, okay. But it's just, I don't know if it's ever going to be announced, ever. Like, I don't know. Um, well, is this because, are they going to release both Kawasaki teams on the same day or something? Or No, I don't think that matters. Um, but yeah, Matt Lee will be on there. Matt Lee will be fine. 
I think. But as I've said before, I do think that the skybox going over at Matterley was a sign of things to come and we all should have taken it more seriously. <laughs> God was unhappy at that point. <laughs> yeah, somebody put yeah somebody poked the bear. Um, our very own uh, from MX Vice at Conway MX. How far is Houston from the Mexican border? I put this in because I felt like this was the opportunity to provide everyone an update on the American expedition. Obviously, we've already talked about it, but I have not. Have I started to come to terms with the fact that I might not be at Houston one? Yes. Have I had sleepless nights? Yes. Have I given up? No. I I gotta be honest, mate. I am bitterly disappointed at your attitude. I actually thought you'd have tickets booked for Mexico with your spade and ready to dig a tunnel. I don't have to dig a tunnel. You can fly. It's fine. <laughs> don't know how many times I need to tell you this? No, I I just the Cancun hotel got like two grand, so that makes it a bit more of a gamble. The obstacle is the... Uh, oh, you are, you're, you're loaded. Why are you even moaning about money? You've got loads of money. What, have you got access to my bank account? <sighs> Two grand to you. That's oh, like... That's nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely loaded. Anyway, okay. I haven't given up on them. I haven't given up on the Mexico thing. Anyway, I'm not loaded. I spent my money on a car. I haven't... I am... Um... I've given up on the Mexico thing. I am just taking stock of the situation and trying to figure out. Because I have heard people have said that there's a chance the borders could open in January. Or maybe they'll just open them to me. <laughs> That's denial. Maybe if I just stand there and knock on the door, like, hello, can I come in? Someone will just let me in. Okay, we got a question here from Sam Bradley. Is there more chance of Roxon winning the SX overall or finishing outside the top five? Um, can I just quickly say one more thing about America? Yeah, why not? Bizarre. So every year I've used the same woman for a house for the six weeks yeah. um, at this company. And she emailed me not too long ago and said, uh, hi, Lewis. What are your plans for the for your annual trip? And you can tell that they're desperate for money because normally I email her first, but this time she emailed me, so I was like, oh, God, you're clearly desperate for people. And I replied with, um, yeah, um, yada, yada, yada. Um, borders are closed, hoping to be there. I'll let you know. And she was like, we'll still reserve a house for you. So, okay. I didn't tell them that I actually aren't using them anyway. Yeah. Um, and then she put her reply was, um, Remember, you still owe me a special gift. I'm sorry. I literally read it on my phone and just went, sorry. And that's your Planet Motor (laughs) bombshell of the week. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Motor holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. There is even a Planet Motor Academy running now, which is perfect to prepare for the 2021 racing season. Visit their site or social media at Planet Motor Holidays for more. So, Lewis, you've been out there promising women for special gifts. I don't know where this comes from, and I don't know why this random American woman emailed me this. I just was, I genuinely was just like, what the fuck? What the mm. fuck? You obviously left an impression. I can't remember what happened. Also, she was a random woman because last year it was her birthday, and she randomly turned up at the house with her birthday cake 
fully full, like hadn't even been eaten, and was like, I bought my birthday cake for you. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. That's your birthday cake. <laughs> it sounds like she's been counting down the days to your return. Strange person. Maybe we need to, I need to talk to Sean about this because there's more to this story than you're letting on. There's probably, uh, there's probably more, uh, there's more, probably more weird situations like that that I just can't think of. Did you take one for the team while you're out there? Um, I feel like I said there was something else weird that happened last year. with uh, an extra discount? I do get extra discounts, but that's only because I drive a hard bargain. I bet you do drive a hard bargain into her. They're just strange, but then again, that's the American way, isn't it? American people are great and friendly, so that's just the American way. Okay. Um, also, we this week, uh, updated calendar for the Supercross. Yeah, I'd rather not talk about that because it makes me sad. <laughs> well, I, too, was quite like to spend a week in Orlando at this new stadium. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sam Bradley... Is there more chance of Roxon winning the SX overall or finishing outside the top five? I'm. This I, I've got something else to say in a minute, but for this question first of all, I'm worried for Roxon. I feel like I know what Tomac is going to bring to the party, and I know what Webb is going to bring to the party, and what Sexton even is going to bring. Roughly, I genuinely don't know what Roxon we will get. Like, who knows? I genuinely don't know. Because last season had everything. So are we gonna, if we have everything again, then that won't be good enough to win the championship. So I don't, I don't know. I genuinely don't. One thing that I do find interesting is in the Anaheim 1 press conference last year, tear, just rolled down my cheek because I said that, Roxon said about recovering from Epsom Bar in the summer of, in the off-season of 2019, and then in the announcement about the Lawrence brothers, Honda again said Roxon uh, took off for nationals in 2020 to recover from Epstein Bar. And I was like, wait, what? We've done this before. Like, this happened last. Like, is this Epstein Bar for a second time or Epstein Bar that never went away? Because if it's the latter, that answers a lot. Mm. Okay, interesting. Oh, brilliant. This, everyone can tell how the podcasts are going to go in January if that's what he's got to say to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to, to answer the question point blank I think there's more chance of him finishing outside the top five now than I do of him winning the championship I would love to see Roxon win I think it'd be a cool story I think everyone would it'd be good for the sport because he's kind of um, I think he would do more with that title from a publicity point of view for the sport than say Tomac did um, but yeah I don't know I just don't know what we're going to get from Roxon at this point No, I think he'll, I think he'll win Okay, hundred percent. I think my bet, my money is on Webb because people forget how good Webb was before he did a front flip in uh, where was that Atlanta or Arlington, one or two. So people forget how close he was and how much he was making. He was a man with a momentum at that point, and then obviously that crash set him back. Yeah, but then still, he was also the best rider in Salt Lake City. So if you take that crash out, very high chance that um um. He would have. He could have been right in the thick of the championship last year. So, yeah, I um I agree. I think Weber be good. Um, I do think I do think um Roxon will win multiple races, and um, 
yeah, it's interesting what you said about A. Epstein Barr, but uh, you just can't rule that guy out. You really can't. Um, Tomac, do you think he'll win, win again? Uh, my money's on Webb. Tomac would probably be my second. Like, I would put my money on Webb, and if I was making a second bet, I would probably put almost equal money on Tomac. But yeah. And what about Osborne? Um, I think I was thinking about Osborne yesterday. I think he's quite underrated considering he won the last round and then the Nationals. I feel like. Yeah, he's got some momentum. But then also, he has won one 450 main event, so you can understand why there isn't quite as much hype for Supercross Osborne. Yeah. Um, and um, I know it's not a, a Supercross show, but if, obviously with Dean Wilson um, moving over to Baker's Factory, do you expect to see him pushing top five? Steep. I don't, I don't know. He's not. Uh, Dean's not working with Alvin Baker, so who knows? I don't know. I, I can't see it making that big a pro, uh, difference to him because it's not like he was ever unfit or known for fading. But he too was slash is better than people give him credit for, I think. Like people forget again, last year he was coming into the season massively underprepared um, after dislocating his hip in the Monster Cup. So he's actually, well, fingers crossed it all continues as it is. Um, he will have actually an off-season, a solid off-season behind him. So that should also give him a bit of a boost, but it's deep. I am excited. Whether I'm there or not, I'm so excited to be up at 3 a.m. if I'm here. Hopefully I'm not. Watching it. I genuinely can't wait. I think it's going to be so good. I will definitely be purchasing my my Supercross pass. Um, And that takes me to a rant. Oh. Okay, rant. Well, not a rant, more like a question. Right. Um, if I'm not in America, am I, like, I, I, I often, I don't want to give my opinion on Supercross if I'm not there because I feel like a fraud because, like, every other year I'm there and I'm talking to people in the pits and I'm really getting the story. Obviously, if I'm not there because of COVID this year, I feel a bit awkward about, like, still saying my opinion. But am I allowed? Like, I feel like I've paid my dues enough to not just be the fraudy website. Like, I feel like I paid my dues, haven't I? I'm allowed to talk about Supercross now. I think you have. And, and given that, you know, everybody's using Zoom and everybody's communicating, uh, you know, through digitally because of COVID, they can't meet in, in person. Then um, I think you should probably, if, if, you're, if you're not there, then I think you should invest some time in actually maybe making some calls to people in between. Well, um, the press conferences are going to be done... Over Zoom again, not in person. So if I'm not there, I'll at least be able to do those. Yeah, I think I think you should be if if you wanted to. If you're not there, I think you could uh, find ways to make um uh you know get as much information as possible. I think it's all there. I haven't even floated this idea past said rider yet, but I was wondering if it'd be good to have like to start another show on the MX Vice Network, if you call it that. Um, and after every race, call Max and do like a 45-minute rundown of everything. Of the that, that would be cool. That fancy show, but after every Supercross. Yeah, that would be very cool. 100% you should do that. I doubt Suzuki was sponsoring. <laughs> yeah, um, I, don't, I do genuinely... Like, I don't want to be one of these fraudy websites that like 
just basically puts up it like acts like like you know like the same old thing. Not everyone goes to the GPs, but they act like they're there. And I don't want to like act like I'm there, but I also feel like, like I feel like people would trust, recognize that I've been there for four years, five years, and recognize that I do actually know what I'm talking about now. So yeah, I don't. Well, we're going to take a break and then we're going to continue back uh, with Ask Vice Anything in the questions. Uh, huge thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. We will be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon Wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 52 of the MX Vice Show podcast. It's great to be back. Not a lot of stories out there at the moment, just a lot of people just trying out a new machinery. If you haven't done, go over to mxvice.com and follow the social media posts that Lewis has been putting up. The last three have been pretty cool, so you can see uh, who's on what bikes. See what, Some of them have got new gear, some of them haven't got new gear. Uh, not complete setups, but it just gives you a really good insight into uh, what's currently happening as they uh, make their way into next season. This part of the show is brought to you by Talon Engineering. Talon are the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna, Factory Race in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC KTM, Bill Base Honda, and more put trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. Big thanks to uh, Sam and uh, the others uh, for sending in questions before. We're now up to uh, E.K. Harvey. Lewis, generally we consider SX to be the injury maker of the sport. 
but the past few years, MXGP has been decimated by injuries. Do you guys think it is anything specific or just the high level making you making the guys push even harder or giving them the big get-offs? I've always said the same thing about injuries, whether it's Supercross or Europe or Nationals or whatever. Like, it, I, I do genuinely believe it's just bad luck, isn't it? Like, yeah. Like, I always think back, 2011 was the, in my, well, actually, I don't know. But 2011 was one of the best Supercross seasons ever. Like, it was amazing. And then the following year, injuries were insane. Nothing really changed from one year to the next, from 2011 to 2012. It just, the second year, there was way more, I don't know, just bad luck. Like, I don't know, there's no, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it. But, that being said, MXGP is on a bit of a bad streak with, like, seasons being ruined with injuries. But again, look at the crashes, like um, Koldnoff's uh, Lommel crash uh, was at the beginning of his last vlog, and that was just a strange little crash. Like, it wasn't anything massive because he was pushing the limits or anything. Same with Hurlins at Faenza, and I don't know, it just, I think, it, I don't know, it just seems to come in, like, ebbs and flows. I don't, is, are people pushing harder now? And is that leading to crashes? Sure, yeah. But also luck involved in whether they bounce back up. And the other thing you've got to think of is constantly the technical improvements to a bike are always increasing. So the bikes are actually, you know, the suspensions, companies are always striving to build better tech for bikes. So the bikes are actually becoming um, not easier to ride, but they're, 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 you know, they give you extra handling then also the protection is always increasing. We've seen the developments from people like Fly with helmets. So it, it is, you know, we're coupled with, with everything that's being put, injected into the sport with safety and everything else. So it's just a dangerous sport and sometimes shit happens, hey? Yeah, but, uh, like, I'm sure you could overanalyze it and come to some kind of conclusion, but it does, it is just, Sometimes, like it's like buses. Sometimes injuries come. One comes, and then they all come, and sometimes none come at all. Um, yeah. Uh, regarding MXGP, I just want to um, give a shout out to, to Thomas Olson, uh, Tim Geyser, uh, Mitch Evans. What? 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 Who are you shouting out? What? What's this? And Hugo at Fox for sending through some um, shirts for the podcast room, which is really oh, right. cool. So um, they're going to be going up in the in the podcast room at the MX Vice HQ. Uh, we'll show them off uh, next week. And um, also, we've had some uh, British riders sending shirts, Tom Neal, and we've also had some customers uh, of Even Stroke sending shirts as well, which is super cool. So big thanks, shout out to Michael Anderson. So. Um, yeah, we put a little uh, a little note out just to say uh, we, we wanted to uh, uh, keep the inspiration going in the MX Vice HQ and um, from like British riders, GP riders, and also customers of Even Stroke. So it's been really, really cool. So thanks, everybody, for sending them out. We'll get them all up and we'll get them uh, on show and we'll get pictures put up online as well. So huge thank you. Much appreciated. Um, moving on, Chris Hawkins. With him flying down under, could we see Josiah Natsky back in GPs with Cowie? It's it's too far gone, isn't it? 
It's a real shame because if those, if you can remember, Josiah came through the same KTM program under Everts with uh, Prado and Comrade Muse. So, you know, at one point it was going very, very well for him. And there was a lot of races where he was outperforming Muse and um, Prado. But it's just not um, turned out the way it, it could have. Yeah, and I don't even... I'm trying to think if there's even a reason for like I'm trying to think what the reason if what the reason was like back when he was in Europe and it wasn't going to plan. But I can't even remember what it was. But it didn't work out and to be fair, I'm sure he is flying down under in the comfort of his own surroundings and friends and everything. But I'm not I'm still wouldn't be certain that, that would translate to racing over here again. I would like to see him back over here because I think it's good to have a New Zealander in GPs, and I think he's, he's like brings a lot of style and flash to the series, which I think is needed. Like, he is a name that people are interested in, but it just, I don't know, and it just didn't work out. And I would, I would actually be very interested to do like a deep dive interview with him into everything, which I might write down now. The year before, uh, we talked about the team earlier. Um, with Petrov going there as KMP. He was on the KMP team and living in Germany and, and spending time with the team. So it was, yeah, that, it was already off the rails at that point because he was either doing British stuff with um, Bill-based Honda or doing German stuff with KMP. And that's not what he was ever meant to do and not why he was in Europe. No. I think that's ultimately why he went home because he was just like, why am I halfway on the other side of the world, halfway on the other side of the world to race a national championship like yeah when i could get paid in and and be where you know be home yeah is that nah, be, like i said i agree with you it would be good to see him see him back he definitely offers something um and i'm a big fan of his riding style rides really, really well joe wells who finishes higher in next year's championship hoffer or guadagini good question yeah i thought this was a good question um i do think hoffer is underrated like crazy and I, I would bet on Hoffer, I think. Uh, I'm going to go um, the opposite. I'm a big fan of Guadagini, and I think um, I think he's going to surprise quite a few people on that machine next year. It wouldn't surprise me if Guadagnini has more like flashes of speed, but I think over the course of the season, Hoffer, I think Hoffer's got quite a good head on his shoulders. And yeah, I do think he is actually ridiculously underrated. But then again, he got injured at the second lap year, so we basically didn't really see him this year. Um, it'll be, I'm guessing we're going to see uh, Guadagini quite soon, which is going to be in the Italian Championship. Yeah, so, there'll be the ones there for sure. So that's going to be a real good indication. Well, because quite, we quite soon, there. still two months and a bit. Yeah, but we know he's done well there before. Um, and I think, didn't he win? Uh, a race when he was in EMX 250. What? An Italian champion? EMX 125. Yeah, he ran the, I'm sure he won an MX2 race. Oh, I can't remember. I would have been in California loving life. Yeah, I think it was about two years ago. He really came to prominence um, at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going Guadagini. Um, Daniel Smith, KTM have been dominant for so long, but it seems Yamaha want to change this. Should we expect to see some Yamaha dominance in both classes in the near future? Uh, great question, and, and I've said it before. It's great to see what Yamaha are doing as a company. Like 
they, they get it. They're investing in the future. They've kept the two-stroke program alive. I think they're going to see the, the benefits of this uh, pretty soon. What do you think, Lewis? I think Yamaha would be the one to challenge KTM. And it's not even a Yamaha versus KTM thing. It's a Red Bull versus Monster thing and all of that. Yamaha dominance is like strong statement though, because that that doesn't mean battle with KTM and that doesn't mean beat KTM. That means like basically shut KTM out, which I don't think will ever happen. But Yamaha can definitely like still wins and still titles. But I don't think it will ever get to a point where Yamaha are what KTM are now and KTM is just like another another team in another manufacturer. Yeah. But you know, uh, like Yamaha are investing a lot, and even Monster with all of the Yamaha, like Monster are all in on the whole Yamaha family pyramid thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it covers every level. I mean, that's the key thing. Um, they are the only other Japanese company now which which do offer that the the two stroke um, passageway. Uh, again, they've got the riders, so you can't rule out Jeremy next year. Well, no, well, no, Jeremy, Jeremy will be here. Okay. Thanks for that question, uh, Daniel. Uh, Scott Walker, was it Mitch Payton who said this week that Europe has a better amateur program? Do you think that's true? I'll put this in because I want to just shout about Sank again. Um, Oh, yeah, shout away. Exact words. This this was on the um, Whiskey Football Show, uh, American podcast. His exact words were, in Europe, they have that EMX class and they have a 125 class and they go to real GP tracks. So those kids get used to riding in GP tracks. And the motos are 20 or 30 minutes and they have got that advantage to do that. That's what he said. Then, of course, shocker, the European websites just come flying in. Mitch Payton, Europe is better than America. Like, no. He just generally pointed out that the European structure is quite good. And we're basically in that point of the bloody off-season where people just... Trying to find stuff to talk about. Exaggerate shit, and it's all just it's tiring. But no, he, he pointed to the fact that the European amateur programme is strong, and obviously it is. I think the EMX system has worldwide recognition. But he didn't go off saying that Europe amateur programme is a million times better than America and blah, blah, blah. And uh, is it true? Um... Yeah, probably, because it is a benefit to have uh, these riders racing on the same tracks and um, in front of the GP teams and on the rough tracks and not live on MXGP TV and getting used to the week-in and week-out travel and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I think so. No, that, uh, well, I always, you know, I spend a lot of time online in, in, in looking at what people are saying and stuff like that. And, and Ustream, you know, with riders missing out on rides and stuff like that, do you know who gets blamed? Ustream. is like, they're killing the sport and blah, blah, blah. From everything I've seen, from actually going to the GPs and, and being there, yes, there are some improvements that can be made. However, the, the platform, what these riders and these, and these teams now can work off of, um, if used correctly, can be very, very good for a team and a rider. Um, not all riders and all teams use the platform correctly. They don't make the most of the platform. But there's the, the platform for, for media and for, for sponsorship and um, you know getting getting seen is is there. The the structure that Ustream's put in, and I'm the, I am I am not 
I sit in the middle. I sit quite firmly on the fence. And if they do something wrong, then I'll, I'll say I'm, I don't agree with it or whatever. And if they do something right, then I think you've got a shout about it. It works both ways. And I do believe what they've done with this pyramid system and the MX125, the 250, the riders, like, as Mitch Payton said, you know, they've done a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on. Uh, Cal Crossland, 26. Riders moving down to EMX 250. Is this a good career move for them? I'm guessing he's thinking of Sadao in, in Horgmo. Yeah, but, well, see, we've already talked about this a bit, um, but I think it it's, a, it's definitely a good career move. Well, I don't know. Good career move isn't exactly probably the right word in. It's, it's not a bad thing if you're 17 and you have many years back in MX2 if you want them. Um, and that's not to say it's a bad move for Hawkmo either, because I think in this situation it was a good career move for him because um, um, because he is on a solid team and he wouldn't have got that in MX2. So I don't know. I guess it's each it's each individual situation, and I think there's probably an element of shame that comes with moving down to EMX 250 because you're kind of going back on yourself. Like it's kind of like a I don't know, it's like a walk of shame almost, isn't it? But I think that in most situations, it tends to work out quite all right. Like, look at Rubini. Like, I was going to say Rubini. He's, he, it kind of helped him. Yeah, and what happened to Rubini? He went down to EMX 250 with a good team and then rode that wave back into MX2. So if Hawkmo can do the same with SM Action, um, then yeah, it will look like an amazing move in a couple of years' time. But that goes back to the the question before, Lewis, is that there's a platform there. So actually winning the EMX 250 now, it is proven to give you that um, platform. They, they get a lot of TV. No, no, I wouldn't say it's guaranteed. Like, well, I always say it. Morgan Lesiardo is your, um, is your cautionary tale. Yeah, but, but then you've got... But look at the riders that do, you know, do perform well. You're... Your Benistan. I mean, look how much press and exposure Benistan had this year. Um, oh yeah, otherwise we would never have heard of him. Yeah, and and you look at that whole EMX two fifty. The EMX two fifty is exciting. It's an exciting class, and people talk about it. And you've got you know you got Gifting who, who's come out of that. The, the 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 list is endless, and I think it's again it's because that EMX two fifty class is so good that not only people in Europe, but people around the world watch it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely a series. It's almost become its own thing. It's not just for um, a class that piggybacks off of MXGP and MX2. It's kind of got its own standing now. Yeah, I mean, it might be a European class, but if, if, if you win the MX250, this, that's a big deal. Yeah, but that's, it's equally no different to I tuned into the live stream of Loretta's and the Minios for the same reason. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, winning that is is you know it is the same level. So it's th- th- these things are platforms to be able to elevate yourself in the future. And, and there's a lot of people that have taken um, that opportunity with both hands. That being said, uh, when you've got a rider like Boarami, which finishes um, no, sorry, Via, which finishes ninth, and Boarami, which wins it. You know, look at both riders now. So it's that 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 top ten in EMX two hundred and fifty is stacked. 
really high quality. Um, okay, at Arjan Meester97, what about the move from Horg mode? Do you think it will benefit him? We kind of spoke about that a few Yeah, I feel like we'd be hitting this one to death at this point. Yeah, thanks for the question, though, and apologies, uh, uh, Arjan, because we've, um, we've, we've answered that a few times. But um, maybe we should give him a T-shirt. Uh, Lewis is a, is a little consolation. Oh, if, you, uh, if you would like me to sort that, then I will sort it. If you're going to sort it, then it's pointless. Okay. Uh, at Grant underscore Jones 36, what percentage are you giving Tim to win the title again in 2021? Ooh, good question. Um, uh, just trying to give it a little bit of thought. I'd almost go 30 Hurlins, 30 guys, a 30 Prado. We're only losing 10%, isn't it? Well, I don't want to give I, I would almost split Hurlins, guys, and Prado equally at this point. And then I'd give Caroli, Fever, and Sewer little slices. Okay, so what, 25% for well, each of the main? I think it does, but then it leaves twenty five percent for. Um, but even if you do thirty percent, you're only giving ten percent chance of Siwa uh, Caroli and anyone else. Yeah, well, I guess you, yeah. Um, well, I guess yeah. Twenty five for twenty five Prado, twenty five Erlins, twenty five Geyser. Um, what's that? I've got twenty five left. I'll do five for Fevra, ten for Caroli, and ten for Sewer. Yeah, I actually for the first time in my life I would give odds to. Hmm. I don't think I'm missing. I feel like I might be missing someone, but I don't think there's anyone else who I'd put in that conversation. Okay, I got a controversial question for you. Oh gosh. Who finishes higher, Vlanderen, Watson, or Olsen? Why is that controversial? Because. Um, controversial for us because we're obviously fans of all three riders. We appreciate their riding style. And what okay, whatever. Um, and um, out of the three, this is not a burning. This is not a burning house one. This is basically who's going to finish higher in the championship out of the three at the end of the year. I almost feel like they could end up tied. Like I don't. Think, I'm trying to think of what I. What I'm trying to think of something to separate them, but I can't really think of anything. Um, I see that Landrin had surgery on his ACL. I meant to message him. I'm, I'm interested to know the recovery time for that. Well, um, I think they've got it down to about three to four months now. Um, yeah, but that means that means we're pushing it for Oman. Oh, massively. So I was real surprised when I seen that as well because I thought that that pretty much scuppers his preseason training. And it's going to be pretty tight for him going into round. I, I don't think he's going to be, I reckon, 60% round one. I mean, he'll know a lot more than we do, but. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it. Well, same with Coroni. Coroni had knee surgery, but again, who knows on what? Because his knees seem to be a bloody walking encyclopedia of issues. Um, so I'm not actually sure what problem got fixed, but it was something in his left knee. So I'm not sure about his timeline. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on that on that note, I think yeah, Vlanderen's got a year year experience now under his belt. Um, Olsen and Watson's we know they're going to be good when they go up. So, but I just think it's an interesting. Uh, that'd be my question this week. I don't. I genuinely can't think of a way to split it. 
Like I can't think of a I can't think of a um It's a conundrum, hey. You could say that. I can't think of like a like if you say between Herlin's guys from Prada, you can immediately say, well, Herlin's probably has the most raw speed but might crash. Um Prado had gets good slide. There's lots of different elements that you can point to, but with those three, I feel like they're almost so similar that there's nothing. Yeah, to I was going to say that they're quite similar, as in. What well, it's also hard because we haven't actually we haven't well, all we've got is information on Vlandering, like we haven't got actually got anything on anyone else. No. No. Okay. Well, I'm just after, uh, yeah. that would be after the preseason races. It would be quite an easy question to answer. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I think yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, at Aaron Azza, 22, no Amex news, so thoughts on George Russell. Yeah, I'll put this in because um, uh, I watched a Formula One recently. Yeah. How did um, that go? Um, I was quite bored. But I watched it again to kind of get ideas for like things they do and things we can do and like things that we can bring into motocross or MXGP to make it a bit better and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember where I'm going with that. Um, where am I going? I don't that? know either because uh, so basically, um, Aaron's just asked you uh, no MX news. So thoughts on George Russell, obviously coming yeah, no, and no, stepping in. George Russell, because I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, well, um, the interesting thing was, is obviously Hamilton wasn't uh, racing because of COVID. Um, so people were very interested to to find out whether this young kid coming in, could he uh, basically get into Hamilton's car and be competitive from the get-go? Or So is it is it about the driver or is it, is it about the car or is it both? So um, I think he, I don't know if he got pole or he was close to pole. Um, or oh, I think he might have finished up like fifth on the uh, qualifying or something like that. I can't remember now. Um, it's all a bit hazy for me the last couple of weeks. But anyway, uh, if you look at uh, everything online, people are basically saying that uh, has Hamilton actually won a, a, a world championship or can you put anybody in that car? And um, should the car get an MBE rather than Hamilton? I remember where I was going to go with this now. Okay. So I was I was watching uh, I was watching it and trying to figure out what we could do differently and things that could be brought into motocross to make it better or whatever. And I realised if you go on Twitter, there's so many people sharing gifs and funny shit about the race, like things that happen and just generally taking the piss. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, well, I'll, I know I'll Google. No, not Google. I, I put in the search bar on Twitter, Geyser, to go back and see what people were tweeting during Trentino and stuff. Yeah. Um, there was nothing. Nothing. Which kind of depressed me a little bit. So my, my, um, my call to the listeners is next year in MXGP, if everyone on their Twitter could start like, sharing funny GIFs about like, motocross and stuff, it would make me quite happy. We're going to start a uh, a movement now for um, to make motocross fun. <laughs> oh, no, not fun. Just like I, know, I just I feel like I don't I don't know to, I don't even know what to say. Like is I that, saw I saw there was a um, I saw there was a F one thing that was like internet reacts. Jesus Christ! How many notifications you got? Tell her you'll be But yeah, if people could do that, that'd be great because I could use that for some stuff. Okay, well we'll start that around about April then. Oh, is this coming from? Sorry about this. 
I don't know, but you are blowing up. What's her name? Um, I don't know. I don't know. This is Callum. Okay, at Callum McEwen three twelve. Early picks for MXGP and MX two champions. Vial easy. Um, I've said it before. Head says Geyser. Heart says Hurlins. Gut says Prado. Yeah. Do you know what? After what I've seen this year, can anybody beat Vial? That's not even a question, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, he looked really good. Is he going to be any different next year? No. He's still going to get starts. He's like, someone's going to, what's, what, even if Gertz gets X amount better, what can change with Vial? I guess the only person that could be, beat Vial next year is Vial. And he even, doesn't even seem to be that type of person because he didn't crash or anything at all. So No, he had one odd race and that was it. Um, yeah, I genuinely can't pick between Hurlings, Geyser and Prado because I feel like they're all, you can make such a strong argument for all three. If I had to pick, I'd go Hurlings just for the, um, just because of the fact that he was 60 points up by round seven this year. So like, yeah, and he didn't look, it didn't, the results he put together wasn't like absolutely annihilating people, like you say, by 30 seconds, a minute, and everything else. It was just, I don't know. I, I, how are you human at that many points in, in that little time was crazy. Well, it was kind of helped by guys of DNF and a moto in um, Latvia. But again, like that wasn't, well, the crash wasn't like, um, that was rider induced. So, yeah. Um, I phew, MXGP. Uh, do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Prado won. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I think I think I'll go Viao and Prado. Can you imagine that Viao and Prado? Insane. Like a young set of world champions. Yeah, I mean, but what? I mean, think of it. If you're Prado and Viao in, I mean, Viao. Yeah, okay. There's still other things to conquer, like MXGP, but. Like, when Prado, what would that, would that be his fourth world title? No, third world title if he wins? Yeah, um, third, yeah. Oh, speaking of, I'm working on a, I'm working on a feature at the moment, um, which I've bitten off way more than I'm chew. It's taken me forever. But... Is it about women? No, um, I've basically gone through all of the MX2 world champions and figured out who was the best champion and, like, kind of done it in order from there. Really, that sounds really interesting. It's taking forever because there's quite a lot of um, stats and stuff with it. But as it as I what, the point I'm at at the moment is, um, how did 2013 is number one. Huh? Do you ever watch porn or watch movies or just like listen to music? Maybe get lost in yourself. Hurlings, Hurlings is first in twenty. Hurlings in twenty thirteen is first. Hurlings in twenty sixteen is second, and then Prado in twenty nineteen is third. And the difference between each of those seasons is literally like point one. Like the fact that, like, I think Hurlings in twenty sixteen beat out Prado in twenty nineteen just because of the fact that in one moto Hurlings finished third and Prado finished fourth. Like, and that just tweaked the averages by point zero one. Like, um. Yeah, so that'll be up over Christmas. I'm just, yeah, it's just the stats, the stat element and the writing element has taken a while. Well done, Stato. You, you really do need to get to America. 
I do. I genuinely do. Oh, Jesus Christ, I do. Last question. James Brown. <laughs> That's cool. Cool name. Uh, how come the MXGP rounds are running after the MXON next year? Do you think this will ruin the MXDN as riders that are battling for the championship points uh, won't want to give it everything or maybe top rider won't want to ride the MXON at all? I think it's a very bad move. It's it's born out of necessity. They've already said that in 2022 it will go back to normal, well, as long as COVID's gone. Um, and, yeah, they're starting later, so the only other option would have been doing the Nations in November, and that would, as I've said before, that would have been no good because then you're definitely not getting any Americans or Australians or anything like that. So, at this point, who knows where, what things will look like at, at, by the time we get to next year's Nations. Like, we're still, even if COVID's completely gone, we'll still be riding the wave of it, and that will be a effect of that. But by, by, by twenty twenty two, it'll be fine. It's not like someone sat down and gone, "That's a great idea. Let's do that." And yeah, we, if it is in the middle of the season, riders that are battling for championship points won't want to give it everything, and I'd imagine a few people won't bother going. But you can't blame them. It will still be a COVID scenario, and yeah, it it's. It is what it is. There we go. Uh, that's all our questions uh, from this week's Liat Ask Vice Anything. Huge thank you to everybody that sent the questions in. We do literally uh, get quite, you know, not not hundreds and thousands, but we probably get around about sort of 40, 50 uh, really good questions, and we just try and pick the best ones out of those. So keep them coming. Thousands. No, I said we don't get hundreds or thousands, you people. No, Jesus. Oh, God, listen. Uh, did you know that Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know that it's highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of Ask Vice Anything segment. Remember, Liat can now cater to your needs with helmet, goggles, gear and boots. Everything you need can be found at Liat. Buy a new 9.5 carbon helmet and get a free set of Liat goggles with it. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm fading out fast. How are you going to go away, take some Lem sips, a couple of paracetamol? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm dying to be honest. Not going to sugarcoat it. Big thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. Huge, huge thank you to everybody that purchased over Black Friday and, and throughout Christmas. Honestly, it was phenomenal the amount of support we had uh, on Even Strokes and the amount of MX Vice t shirts we sold was just unbelievable so thank you to everyone who bought an mx vice t-shirt uh, and and just purchased for even strokes it really does go towards running mx vice and, and helping us uh, go forward uh so big thank you we'll be back next week um for our last show before christmas well yeah i was um, gonna ask you that are you gonna be around next week absolutely yeah well, so if there's nothing to talk about maybe we should do like a year in review like we'll cut well yeah that, that'd be good i mean tuesday i've um i'm doing the final part of my road bike test oh good to see your priorities are in line yep so um we'll be doing a recording on on wednesday so um I will be now. yeah we will be because i will be riding on tuesday and hopefully passing so i can get out on the road brilliant um thank you again to everybody and we'll see you next week cheers 
You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. 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 Show